0: The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. Realism, reassurance, two values needed in public messaging and public relations. Are we getting this from our governments? We take a deep dive into this question and my take on its implications on public information on this episode of That's It, That's All.
1: You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean Dematato.
0: You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean Gumatalal. The podcast is proudly brought to you by Get LLC. This Guam-based consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm serves government and private sector organizations in Micronesia. Need help on developing a business plan? Need guidance on energy efficient upgrades for your workplace? Ask Get LLC. They can be found on the World Wide Web at Get. Guam.com. Check them out today. Welcome to those listeners checking out the podcast in Caleta Olivia, located in the northeastern province of Santa Cruz in Argentina. Excited to greet those listeners in Fairfield, California and Dallas, Texas. Thank you all for listening. And can't forget the listeners right here at home, at the home base of the podcast in Talafovo, Guam. a day to you all. The format of That's It, That's All is pretty simple. Let the podcast take you from from one end of the island of Guam to the other. By the time you get to the other side, it's all done. Remember to download the podcast ahead of the next bike ride you may take before you start the shift on your laptop or desktop computer and or your planned road trips. Thank you again to our friends at redcircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. That's it. That's all can also be heard on the iHeartRadio app, and on Pandora. The podcast is also a part of the KUAM Podcast Network, Micronesia's leader in award-winning broadcast news and information, and the multimedia home of original programming originating from the island of Guam. Hit the like, subscribe, or follow buttons of That's It, That's All wherever you get your podcast today. I have felt absolutely compelled to discuss this topic for a very long time. And why would being realistic and reassuring be so important in how our public officials talk to our island communities? Before I break it down in its two component parts, a few things to consider. Perceived realism has been examined in so many ways by mass communication theorists. In general, audiences are thought to perceive media content as realistic, if they judge it to be like real life in some meaningful way or if they respond to it as though it were real. Although these insights are informed by qualities of the content such as its style or apparent genre, they are not entirely determined by them. Studies have found that audiences vary in their perceptions of the same material. Researchers claim conceptualizations of realism perceptions differ both in terms of the criteria used to evaluate realism and in the point in the interpretive process when the judgment is made. Common forms of perceived realism include factual realism. This is whether what is portrayed or witnessed or heard by the masses in fact really happened. Then there is social realism, or whether What is portrayed is like what one would expect to find in the real world. In a 2009 study, in communication studies by David Westerman, he noted, quote, the judgment of the realness of the stories will generate different perceptual and behavioral results, end quote. And finally, there is narrative realism, or narrative coherence, which is whether the events within a story are well explained, and consistent. So, audiences like you all interpret a specific media comment, read or heard, with an initial understanding of its realism level that has been determined by its format or sitting in some type or genre of mediums. We all tend to make judgments of realism as we read, listen, or view the content, or come to some retrospective or memory-based judgments. How media realism is perceived has been found to relate to the age of the audience members, their motives, and their beliefs regarding the material. Communication researchers are often interested in media realism because they see it as a potential contributor to media effects. When we talk of reassurance there must be some balance between it and the emphasis of risk we find this at the heart and soul of crisis and risk communications the us centers for disease control and prevention despite recent criticisms on communicating in the ongoing coronavirus pandemic teach their health communications professionals that perceptions of risk will influence people's decision the cdc says quote in some cases A perceived threat can motivate and help people take desired actions. In other cases, fear of the unknown or fear of uncertainty may be debilitating and prevent people from taking action. Communicators can help by portraying an accurate assessment of the level of danger and providing action messages to empower people to make decisions, close quote. As a graduate of their initial crisis and risk communications training in the early 2000s, I would agree and have used this to drive my work in this field for more than two decades. Even business leaders have been asking for more than two years now how they can communicate uncertainty both internally to their teams and externally to their clients, whether it's about participating in an upcoming conference or delivering on a signed proposal. Communicating in the face of uncertainty is a constant leadership challenge. On a side note, I came across an article that appears on the surface to force communicators to not over-reassure. Had to shake my head. Well, here goes. The Northwest Center for Public Health Practice at the University of Washington, explaining the fundamentals of emergency risk communication, noted that although it is important to address the public's fears and squelch unfounded rumors, It is also important not to offer too much reassurance when some amount of concern is warranted, adding, quote, too much reassurance can backfire if people perceive that you are not taking their concerns seriously or not telling the truth. The goal isn't to give people a false sense of security. It's to help them make decisions about their well-being. During an emergency, people need to be concerned and vigilant, so they need a realistic understanding of the situation. Erring on the side of caution may have fewer hazards in the long run. The public is more likely to tolerate any amendments to early estimates of damage or victims if the numbers go down rather than up. Close quote. It's a very, very interesting point. Realism and reassurance to this podcaster is much more important in what I'm saying and taking in on behalf of my customers and also as a consumer of information. These times have forced each and every one of us to look at this closer from the words of our doctors to the speeches of public officials all across our communities, including those here in the Western Pacific and across the Pacific in general. It is these words that can help or hurt. These words can lead to action or inaction. Heck, they can save lives or lead by a lack of understanding, believe it or not, to death. It goes back to the power of words. and our college classrooms on the matter, words do matter. Words and verbal codes are powerful. We give words power, and they affect people dramatically.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm.
0: The Virgin Islands Consortium on January 27, 2022, reported that the general consensus of the 34th USVI legislature of the final state of the territory addressed by Governor Albert Bryan was heavy on what he achieved and light on providing solutions to the challenges facing the US territory there. Senate President Donna Fred Gregory noted, quote, I thought that I could have heard more about where we were going with education, our health care system. We have issues within our Department of Human Services. So we did not hear those things. And I thought that in that particular area, those areas the speech was lacking. Close quote. The Senate President Fred Gregory was hopeful that the legislature and the governor's office could work together in the best interests of the territory in the months to come. Closer to this part of the Pacific, the chairman of the American Samoa COVID-19 Task Force, Governor's Authorized Representative and Lieutenant Governor Eliasau Ale, is quoted in a March 16, 2022 Radio New Zealand report that the COVID-19 virus is surging in their community and American Samoa must adjust to address the needs of the community. Lieutenant Governor Ale saying, quote, we need to move away from mass and indiscriminate lockdown policies and focus on adopting realistic and targeted policies to ensure that our people are able to live their lives safely while ensuring that life-saving services are accessible to our public. Close quote. My friend and freelance journalist Skip Johnson, reporting for the Marianas Variety in the Republic of the Marshall Islands on March 20, 2022, wrote on the reworking of COVID protocols for possible outbreak in the Central Pacific. RMI Health Secretary Jack Niedenthal told the Variety that they are gearing up for the eventuality of community spread there, saying, quote, good planning helps reduce chaos if COVID gets here. Close quote. Three stories, three perspectives of leaders in the islands. Realism and reassurance for sure on display. Different perceptual and behavioral results? Well, you better believe it. For the USVI, the comments by the governor and the Senate president will push the people of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and the other islands towards perhaps a change in leadership at the polls later this year with the elections, or a retrospective on one or the other's work. Hence, a legacy is built or broken. In American Samoa, the comments of the Lieutenant Governor, and I have been witness, have driven behavior in recent weeks, where despite a rise in community spread of COVID, has led to more vaccines and boosters for the coronavirus. There are members of the FONO, or their legislature, that may disagree with the resulting actions by the people on Tutuia or Manua Island. For those in Maduro, a population with no reported COVID, They are still trying to get the populace vaccinated, and health planners there are bringing together as many vaccines and treatments as they can, a process that I can attest is moving as smoothly and quickly as possible. It is clear for us to understand that there is a narrative of realism across these three island communities. Now there are those in all three islands that would argue that their messages on either government operations or crisis communications have in fact been well explained and consistent or maybe the latter. For those who live there, this is their daily challenge. Can they see the realism in the words of their leaders that is going to push a respective action? Are they reassured by the messages of their leaders? Folks will listen and pass along the information to their families and their friends. Many may not like what they have there and what they're listening to. In fact, the reality and reassurance may be a bit different than what the words that are being said. Heck, plenty may get lost in the translation. There are challenges abound with taking the English words that are spoken and breaking it down in the vernacular and vice versa. People in these islands are also making judgments of their realism as they read, listened, or viewed. It is not a stretch that this is happening and with differing opinions on the messages. The people of the USVI, American Samoa, and the RMI are musing mostly their memory-based judgments on the words of their leaders. This is neither good or bad. So, Why is this important, and how can these community leaders, or even businesses there for that matter, how can they make sure that the respective communication strategies that they are using are simple, precise, and effectively communicated? In short, how can they simplify and untangle this new world of communicating to the masses? I don't have a great answer, but I do have an observation. The current global situation is stress testing our communications with one another in a time of rapid change. You can be in those islands, or in the U.S. mainland, or on the African continent, making statements that are more people-centered, more human, easier, and more efficient really is the key to success with sharing a message of any value or importance. It is these that are making these realistic and reassuring messages vital to those listening, or people in general remain productive and engaged with those making those public statements for their benefit and the benefit of others.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs.
0: Okay, this idea of realism and reassurance is being explored as we all are now at the two-year mark of this global public health emergency. When I think of how my island community in Guam has dealt with this, I see it from two perspectives. The first as a consumer and second as the deliverer of public health messaging yes i have been both since march of 2020 now i can be critical of others but let me start with myself to say that being a crisis communicator and delivering reality and reassurance during these times was not a challenge is an understatement to be off the bench get on it come off and jump on again was pretty darn daunting throughout i will admit That I did bring these two ideas to those with whom I worked. Each took the advice differently. Each were able to be as real as can be, even in the face of growing cases of COVID and related deaths. Hard to believe that these folks were not impacted by the emergency. Each of us have had friends or family that were infected. Some recovered. Unfortunately, some did not. And tragically, lost their lives. While these stories were very private, our public roles were to ensure that people knew about this emerging health threat and share as many prevention, treatment, and recovery messages as best as possible. Members of our societies were surely not in agreement. I expected this as in previous emergencies. There are always some who just aren't convinced that such emergency actions were even necessary i can say that this reality and reassurance was much more important early on as the world health organization and our uscdc was making the rounds across every communications medium across every part of the country and the world as the emergency has worn on It has been a challenge to maintain such reality and reassurance. Folks are getting tired of it, front and center. Everywhere you look, there isn't a single part of our lives that are affected by this. What happens moving forward is probably more interesting. Can we continue to communicate realistically and with reassurance for the foreseeable future? A simple answer is yes, and then this podcast is over. Now that's too easy. We must always strive, even with complex issues like a pandemic emergency, to be realistic and reassuring for communicators. For consumers of this information, we should expect to take in the information that is real for us and keep us grounded in the situation as best as possible. There are many that are hearing this and asking, so what? Well, my answer, this needs to be front and center for our society to function effectively. We know most won't take the information and act accordingly. We also know that there are people in these positions that are not as good as they think they are. So many things are influencing public information at this time. Politics, science, timeliness. All three just have not merged and been able to provide such to everyone we must distribute and consume information that is helpful to keep our people safe and well sane. Not an easy task in this era of social media and alternative media and apathy at many different levels. A great read from the European Center for Disease Communication and Control brings light to this. Their literature review on effective risk communication for the prevention and control of communicable diseases in Europe in January 2013 starts with this. Quote, communications lies at the heart of public health and plays a pivotal role in promoting core public health objectives, including disease prevention, health promotion, and quality of life. The discipline of health communication has existed since the 1970s and is rich with theories, paradigms, debates, and methodologies. Risk communication is one body of health communication theory Research and practice focus specifically on communicating the health risks caused by industrial technologies, environmental and natural hazards, including diseases and human activities, amongst individuals, groups, and institutions. Effective risk communication is increasingly seen as crucial to the prevention and cooperative management of health risks, indeed, communication expertise has been recognized as at least equally essential to outbreak control as epidemiological training and laboratory analysis, close quote. Meaningful, relevant, accurate, and timely information. Ask yourself if you received such over the past two years. Ask yourself if these are important in the days, weeks, and months ahead as we adjust to what is being termed the new normal. When times are uncertain, such facts about the situation or event may do more to keep us more aware. Being realistic and reassuring is so important in how our public officials talk to our island communities, but also how we communicate with one another. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon.
1: The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatato. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatato. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. The KUAM Podcast Network is back
0: and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming
1: platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.